0: We are back, and <laughs> we were going to be. We got a hero, but inside my head, I realized uh, "Return of the Hero." How's that for a uh, a double entendre title this week, Quentin? How you doing this week?
1: Yeah, that's that was a good audible. That was a good audible. I like that one. I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we've been
0: out. Uh, Sam did a solo podcast episode a couple days ago, which is funny because I messaged him like, "Hey, nothing's been coming out. Are you guys doing anything time soon?" Um, and uh you know, not really. And then out of nowhere, he comes back to talk about, I guess, the most important thing in wrestling this week, um, according to everyone. Um, but uh, yeah, been a been a minute, but honestly probably feels longer than it actually has been. That's how it always feels for me. Because um, I always feel like I'm on the clock to have an episode out, but uh, otherwise pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, wrestling is wrestling, right? Life is life. Weather's changing. Getting into uh, into winter season. I don't. I should check. I should check when we last had an episode, right? I'm like, did we miss like all of Spooky season? I don't think so. I think we've we recorded an episode during Halloween, right? During during during
1: like the end of October and October in general. Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah, We did, we did, we did an episode. And I mean, yeah, in November, we did an episode in November, in the middle (laughs) of uh, just a couple weeks ago. Again, I just my brain is fried anyways i think anyone who listens to the podcast knows that um but uh yeah i guess i guess we did the last episode was november 12th so uh that's uh yeah just two two weeks ago or so either way tons of stuff going on we were going to review this we can't just let it go so we'll get into it first and we'll get it out of the damn way because there were nothing if not uh you know uh sticklers to covering the important news out there not not really but important to wrestling west coast pro whiplash i mentioned to you before we started i'm going to the next west coast pro show here in a couple of days really um which is very exciting
1: yes yeah yeah, 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 yes what's that sunday or Saturday?
0: yeah it's this sunday um like i said very exciting show on paper um especially coming out of this show that we're going to review because they did uh they did like build some stuff off of this, you know. They did, uh, they did um, set up some stuff, and they've got some other things kind of brewing that come off of the back of this show. So we might as well get into it. Um, opens up Kevin Blackwood, Jaya Jewel. Um, fine, you know, whatever. Kevin Blackwood. I guess they're trying to put steam on him again. It, it's weird because it feels like West Coast Pro kind of did like a weird stop and start booking and pushing with him and i kind of can't blame them because i think this is actually more on him than it is on them uh cuz he did his whole big announcing that he's moving to the east coast he's not going to be over here anymore he's not going to be a regular over here anymore blah 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 and all that and and then now he seems to still be on every show so <laughs> i do think that he kind of lost some steam for a guy who already you know didn't have a lot of steam behind him and a ton of didn't have a ton of support in general um, and he's back here wrestling the opening match, trying to get something on him by beating up the uh, the raging Cajun in Jaya Jewel. Who I, I've started to like Jaya Jewel okay, but I don't really see much in him. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, no. it's uh I think I think this podcast thoughts on Kevin Blackwood are very uh very known by All this point. Them. Yeah. And Jaya, Jaya Jewel's, you know, is fine. So, you know, it's probably a little bit longer than I would have wanted it, wanted it. Too, but still, like it's not really like super offensive or anything. It was whatever, and like you said, it's kind of like doing this thing trying to heat Kevin Blackwood up again because he's going to be a big part of the show that you're going to. So this is it was it's an attempt to do that.
0: Yeah. Uh. Next up, we got uh, Sandra Moon, Rachel Ellering. Um. You know, I mean, it is what it is. This really feels like a obligatory women's match i hate to say that you know not, not to say either of these girls are bad but uh nothing great just i mean just as good as the match before it if we're being honest but this is a number one contender match for the women's title and it just unfortunately shows the depth of the of the women's roster here um which uh, you know reference especially um in the second women's match on the show and and the uh the women's matches on the next show a kind of the situation with the west coast pro women's title what did you think about this one though
1: I thought this was I thought this was okay. I feel like I'm always a, kind of like surprised at how much I enjoy like uh, Sandra Moon matches. I just remember like kind of like, blown away by them. I'm like, oh, okay, like I'm not like I actually like kind of like walk away feeling better about them than I like, I think kind of like on paper when I see them. And then like I've never been super big on Rachel Allering in the first place. So like this again, like nothing that knocked my socks off or wowed me. But for the time for the time that it got and everything, I'm like okay, like I'm. Cool, like I'm in, I'm into this, like I don't really have like a bad thing to say about it either. Like so I think you go like you did mention the death that goes on in West Coast pros women's division and the lack of it and who they built and try to build around and if there's really much they can do with that. But for this match right here, I thought it was solid.
0: Yeah, I mean solid is a great <laughs> word to use for these two. Um yeah, and and I think I might be a little bit more negative on Sandra Moon because of overexposure here on the on the West Coast, having seen her for so long and get pushed beyond her talent level for so long that uh yeah that it's it's harder for me to to get into her matches. The next up I'd say the first match that got me into the show, um, and a little bit of a surprise in that because uh we got prisoners of society. Uh, formerly, you say me the the forgotten sons, but I guess this is the, you know, the unproblematic forgotten sons, if you will. Um, looking over West Wesley Blake, man Weston Blake here, like.
1: Wait, wait, wait so so wait, hold on. So I forgot that was the one that TNA Gunner was in, right? Yes. Okay, all right, there we go. Who is? I I don't
0: know if he's the more or less problematic Gunner. If I'm being perfectly honest, Uh, that's you know
1: great question. That is (laughs)
0: which Gunner, and then Gunner Scott. I mean, who's really the worst Gunner? I don't know.
1: Um, I think I think it really just Gunner might just be the worst name in wrestling in terms like a per like per per bad person.
0: The percentages (laughs) of
1: the name Gunner are just really high.
0: Yeah, it's just not you do not never trust a gunner. Just that is not what you should be in. Um it's I mean it's akin to shooting, right? You're not supposed to shoot in the ring, you shouldn't be gunning in the ring either. Um but yeah, I uh Wesley Blake, I mean, such a weird such a weird career, such a unfortunate life for the guy really. I mean, you think about the uh the tag team with Buddy Buddy Murphy, Buddy Matthews, um like Really solid team, felt like something there. I don't even know if they really even ended up making it to the main roster as a team, right?
1: No, Um, no, they didn't.
0: Yeah, Matthews gets called up, or Murphy gets called up. He goes on his mini Kenny Omega run that people kind of started calling him Big big Match Buddy or whatever, you know, just going over the top with how great he was, which I feel like, in hindsight, I've thought about that recently a lot, that, like, with the amount of content that there is, and kind of Simon handwork uh his policy of like wanting to review things with a little bit of air of of a like uh oh god what's the word i'm looking for? separation from the time that it happened to when you're talking about it it's honestly kind of good in some ways <laughs> for stuff like that um but yeah then you got the forgotten sons unit which also was pretty solid and i think we see a good showing here from them macklin and him have really macklin especially has really fucking shown what he's made of uh, with the impact run all of that um and then, as I said, the personal life thing, I mean, I went down a little bit of the rabbit hole just looking at the guy's social media and it's like, I think he has three kids, you know what I mean? With the, And with the wife passing away, um, just really just such a, a tough draw that he's had, but still seems really positive, still really hope that like he's got whatever's going on in his personal life where he's able to take care of all that stuff because that's a lot, you know, three kids by yourself. That's a lot. And then still coming out here and having a pretty, really solid tag team showing here. But the, the thing that really took it to me, the thing that really got me into this is Beef Tank, man. These guys from Kentuckiana, I love that. Um, like, the the vibe that they had together, two guys that I really, really enjoy getting put together in this big bruiser badass tag team. Just absolutely have amazing chemistry together. Just fucking great spots, tons of fun, and believable badasses. And again, going up against the TV guys, who are thought up of as like the you know oh these are the big bruisers whatever, and just going toe to toe with them, kicking the shit out of them, getting the win. Like this was, I absolutely, really, really loved this tag team match. But uh, what were your thoughts?
1: Basically, everything you said in terms of like this kind of like being like the first match to you know be be good be good here, and I like I like the kind of the pace they go at. They I, I like I like all the guys involved. In this, even if i'm not watching say like steve max like steve macklin uh very consistently but the times of which i have seen him in impact since the wwe release like i've always been impressed with him and you know, we know we've always had kind of like sky high expectations for like tankman seeing what he can be and could do and then like really kind of like probably settling into about what his level actually is but when he's in a match and it hits and uh everything kind of clicks I think that he can like have like really, really fun stuff. And I think that this is like no exception here. So not great. I'm not going to be, I'm not like over the moon about it or anything saying this is like even like close to like match of the night or whatever like that. But like this was very, very, very solid.
0: It's a fun mid card tag team match and it's exactly what it needed to be. And then talking about Macklin, I mean, you know, again, another not match of the year type thing or whatever, but Macklin, uh, his title run, the 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 two matches that capped off his title run, the no DQ with PCO and then losing the title to Shelly, um, was like really some some great stuff. Like I said, not match of the year, nothing, but definitely check it out. The the no DQ with PCO, I mean, he cuts a fucking gusher and just bleeds like one of the biggest blade jobs you'll ever fucking see, especially with blood kind of being the topic of discussion recently. Um, this that was a big huge blade job that would have got a lot of credit if it had been on a You know a mainstream pay-per-view but nobody talked about it because it was an impact you know um follow this up uh we've got the south pacific savages taking on those suavecitos uh with a i guess honorary member of the group in adrian quest um who I have to give the shout out to Adrian Quest, you know, just because it's my it's my birthplace. But I saw someone on on Twitter say, like, uh, give Adrian Quest credit as being an L.A. wrestler. And he said, nah, uh, you know, I'm from the Inland Empire. We keep it all eyes and ease out here. And I had to I I that, you know, that got me. I like that a little bit. Um, I don't claim Inland Empire, but I do. You know, I, I still keep abreast of the culture. So I did dig that. Um, but uh, Quentin, what did you think about this
1: trio match? Uh, I thought this was, I thought this is good. I think that well, one I, I, I like I like the South Pacific Savages savage side a lot. I think that they, they can be fun when we get to do like stuff stuff like this. And I don't know I didn't. I think the one thing again, like I might say, goes a little long. Like it, not that is even crazy long, but like fourteen minutes or whatever. It's like for what I want from this, like something like probably like a little bit like higher paced and kind of like. In and out, like in and out with the action and kind of being like, you know, like kind of like sticking within that like limit of things with the people involved. I still liked it. Only thing is, probably would have wanted to go a little bit shorter, but I still enjoyed this though. So like now back to back, I've kind of like we've had like these like what I thought were like fun tag ma- fun tag matches, but yeah, I got I got no bad words about this one.
0: Yeah, got to give it to a, you know the 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 South Pacific Savages kind of breathing you know they are the they are the descendants of the samoan gangster party with as you talked about just being fun but being badasses and yeah like they're going up against the smaller team i think i i absolutely adore los suavecitos i think that they're a team to be you know to for people to keep an eye on but in a setting like this they definitely do not need to go this long they do not need to have their heat segments go this long um they should if they get any control it should really be a lot of cheating, a lot of underhanded, and it should be relatively quick when you're going up against three just massive behemoths like this, especially when they're getting the win in the end, right? Like you that just they should not get a ton of heat, a ton of control. I just that just doesn't make sense. And yeah, the match does not need to go this long, as you said. Um, this match did have me have one thing cross my mind, which I found very funny, um, which was that like You know, the bloodline is the big top angle, the big thing in the major company. And, like, historically in wrestling, of course, the indies are going to have, like, knockoff acts and things that are copying the big thing in the big company. But, like, it's so funny that right now, because the main thing is Roman and his cousins, that, like, the knockoff acts are still Roman's cousins on the indies. It's like, Jesus Christ, like, this guy has so many cousins that not only are the top acts in, in the biggest company his cousins, but all the knockoff indie acts that are doing the same thing are also his cousins. Like, goddamn. damn. Um, so yeah, just, uh, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Um, follow this up, and this is a match, you know, booked uh, specifically for me, almost so much that I wish it was on the show that I was going to be on. We got Alpha Zoe, the guy who I've been championing for quite a while, um, going up against Brian Keith, the guy that I've also been championing for quite a while, but A lot more people have noticed. And uh, I will say, you know, not 100% like the biggest amazing dream match of something that I would want out of this. Um, You could almost even argue similar thing, that it goes a little bit long. But I think it did a a whole hell of a lot to help establish Zoe. um, Feel like he's on the level of of someone like this. He definitely did a great job. Because a lot of people, I hate to say this, but a lot of people will wrestle Brian Keith and basically just we talked about it in the dpw match stuff like that like keith just stands out so much he's just he's got that star power and then people just want to go toe for toe for him it's really a similar thing that happens with like an ishii where people just end up wrestling his match but i thought zoe did a really good job of not just getting caught up in just working a brian keith match but still hitting a lot of his spots they they worked in a really good part with the leg selling. To show some weakness for Zoe off of his power. And not just a, again, not just a gunslinger, you know, like fucking heavy hitter dick measuring contest. But actually adding some drama to it with that. Um, And I just, I I absolutely appreciated that part of it. Um, I thought, kind of crazy, but kind of makes sense with the amount that they've invested in Zoe to give him the win here. um, And continue to move forward. Clearly he's being built up for a match with the champion in Starboard Charlie. Because they're talking about it. On social media they're building up kind of their history with charlie basically winning the uh, south or the west coast cup um in a nefarious way against zoe so really appreciated that again really felt like a star making performance for zoe or at least a a kind of a, a flagpole on the way to that star that star presence where people can see this and take notice of the guy um who again i've been a fan of he's looking in better shape than he has been he just had a couple matches in Japan, so hopefully he'll start getting more and more on people's radar. But Quentin, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed this too. Um I think this is the, I feel like this is the best I've seen look. I've seen someone look facing like Brian Keith like in terms of like how much they impressed me in a long time. So like you mentioned there, like Brian Keith jumped jumped off the page so much that even if Brian Keith isn't a, isn't a good match, and obviously, like for the most part, it takes two competitors. If it's like one on one, like you know, everyone has to put like pull, like, pull their weight to like, make a good match usually. And Brian Keith is so magnetizing and everything that kind of like takes up so much of that, like of the of that of that brain space. But like Alpha Alpha was really, really, really good here. He was great. He was great, and like looked just as good here. As, as, Brian, as Brian Keith did. And, like, he's a guy that, for the most part, when, when we review these West Coast Pro shows, like, people can tell that, like, sometimes, like, a lot of, like, the, like, mainstay talent or whatever, like, there's acts that, there's acts that I like and people that I like. But otherwise, like, some people, like, that I'm not really high on that I've never have never been high on. But AlphaZo is a guy that, since we've been reviewing West Coast Pro, like, he's a guy that's impressed me every single time out. And, like, I know that's kind of been, like, a gradual, slower, trying to, like do things like that with his push and rise throughout the company. And I feel like this was like a really establishing moment for him, not just because he won the match, but because of how good that match was. And now like facing Brian Keith, having a match that good versus Brian Keith, kind of like making like a lasting impression in that match, the finish of it, how it ends. Like this is kind of like the match for alpha Zoe that you've, like really you've been waiting for it for like a couple of years damn near you've been waiting for like this kind of like match for him and his company for a while now and it's like great that it finally came I think it come across it I think, I think it comes across really well and all you can do is hope that when, there's, when the title match happens that he you know that he won um, for, the, for the number the number one contendership he gets a title shot and everything that like when that match happens that that opportunity is taken, taken advantage of and that there's some chemistry there and it the clicks and that like that can be I think the first the furthers it but yeah I thought that this was really 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 good I love this I was really happy with it and like I think that Alpha zoe is someone that really could do well in that main event picture so I'm glad to see him get elevated there
0: yeah it's it's tough because the, who the champion is with Charlie and I've I've been higher on Charlie than even others over the years but even I know where his level is at and like It just, it's weird because it feels like almost like a downgrade with him having the championship now. And I just, I mean, talking about Zoe in the main event here in West Coast Pro, and I definitely agree. But like, I'm more thinking about like him breaking out and getting bookings other places more. I mean, just like, I I feel like he's, he should be getting to the point where he outgrows West Coast Pro. And especially when you talk about how he looked here against Keith, who is a guy who's everywhere. Right. So it's just like, I just think Zoe could be right there with him, but we'll see. Um, Follow this up. Uh, there's a ton of like video package stuff I believe is this where they play they play uh Joseph's video which is fucking crazy to see even if it you know even though it's West Coast Pro and blah 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 it's not that big of a deal it is crazy to see you know a video that Joseph our friend made you know uh being on a pay-per-view or whatever a a, a, a live streaming event on on iwtv it's pretty cool um no matter no matter how you slice it right that's pretty that's pretty neat um what did you think about the video? What did you think about Joseph's video? We should review Joseph's video just to make it even extra weird. Um, no, really though. I mean, obviously it's great, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on that part of the show.
1: Oh no, I mean Joseph's like Joseph's great. We all <laughs> you know that Joseph's great. So right, like I'm, I'm, like I'm glad that Joseph gets to do things where he's able to capture the essence of the story and all that stuff because. We, we can talk about it without getting too much into like the match itself, but like during the course of the match, like like, like here with Thatcher, the commentary's trying to do like you know, do stuff to kinda like give, give the gravitas and levity to the match that it deserves. But they say something like, Oh yeah, what really put Thatcher on the map is when he beat Chris Hero for the WWN title. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Alright, like <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> You, you know, so like you could have just watched really. the video that was on this show. Yeah, yeah, like literally, like you know, and I and, and I and I get it, I get it. Like you know, it's, like, it's, it's not it's not the biggest thing in the world, but I was like, it's, it's like in, like usually, you know, I tune commentary out for the most part. Like I just don't pay attention to it at all. But I heard that I heard, I heard that, and I was like, wait, wait, hold, <laughs> hold on. Yeah, but so like you know, that's why something like Joseph's video is important because. You know, that stuff with Thatcher and Hero at this point was eight years ago. Going on six going going on nine years ago. And right. it may not feel like that, but it was like, a long time ago now. Yeah. So like yeah. you need you need stuff like Joseph's video to kinda of, like fill in the gaps for some people who are not as familiar. I think there is like a larger conversation I want to have maybe later on about like how I think like Evolve and WWN is just kind of is kind of gonna get forgotten as time goes on. And I feel like this is kind of like that little slip there kind of made me, like, even more confident that Evolve is just going to get forgotten. But, like, yeah, jo- yeah, Joseph is great, obviously. And people should pay Joseph to make videos for them because Joseph is great at that and will do it better than 99.9% 99, 99. of people you would pay for that kind, sort of sort of content. Right. No, yeah,
0: no, it's it's true. I mean, ah, it's, <laughs> this is what you want. I mean, yeah. I don't know, whatever, anyways anyways, we can move on and I agree with you on the WWN thing and maybe we can talk about that in the main event uh, this next match, Hammerstone, Derek Dillinger I don't got much to say, Hammerstone looked good, I, I always thought Hammerstone was was better than a lot of people give him credit for Um, but he's gotta <laughs> to quote Sid Vicious, he's gotta get off the HGH, I mean this, I don't know what the fuck happened but like, this guy did not used to talk like that, his head didn't used to look like that his, he's, like, doubled in mass over the years from when I first saw him. Because when I first saw him, um, they would call him Single H, right? It was like a joke that he looked like one-third of Triple H, and his name was Hammerstone, and he, like, he fucking had the hair, had the whole thing, right? Now, this guy looks like he's fucking, you know, Sectuple H. Like, he's he looks massive, and I don't know. I really do not know what happens when you get on that stuff, and it makes it so you're fucking, you sound like that, but he can barely speak. Um, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. And Derek Dillinger, I know a lot of people who I think know him personally, like him a lot. He does absolutely nothing for me. I just, I do not care, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on this match.
1: Yeah, I got zero, zero at all. Hammerstone is just, yeah, he's, he's going, he's going, he's going hard. That's all I can say. Hammerstone's going hard with that stuff.
0: And like I said, he's not a bad wrestler. He's really not, but he doesn't need to look like that. And he doesn't need to be doing whatever he's doing. You know, it just, it's not necessary, man, but you know, it is what it is. Um, Get a promo from the West Coast Wrecking Crew here, kind of talking about their place in the company, their place in the tag team ranks, um, and kind of their history. And then... It turns into a, an attack with Los Suavecitos and the Samoan uh, Savages coming out. Uh, South Pacific Savages coming out. Um, interesting just having like the three teams. I think Beef Tank also come in. Just kind of doing some tag team turmoil stuff. But then also having this play into the trios match that's on the next show. Uh, like, Not quite sure why you're getting so much involved. That um, you're not following up directly, but I guess maybe they have a bigger picture storyline going. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the angle.
1: Oh, me, I, I feel like they just—it was a thing they did just to do it. I, I don't right. It do not seem super necessary, so I don't know. Maybe they do it and like there's like a bigger like sort of like tag team conflict for the for like you know for the titles and who's on what end and who's going on what packing. I don't know, but. It does like seem kind of like a little unnecessary to, to, to get to the point of just booking the match for the show, but you know, like yeah. it's, it's it's fine. It wasn't like super duper like egregious or nonsensical. Just kind of like, yeah that's probably don't need to go that far with it.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it did feel like a little over the top. Um, up next, we get Johnny Robbie taking on Masha Slamovich. Um, I don't know. Did, what were your thoughts on this match, here, Quentin?
1: I really enjoyed that. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, obviously, like for the most part, we come on here, we praise we praise Masha a lot. But I thought Johnny Robbie played her role as the uh, cannot, uh, you know, cannot conniving, cheating heel very well. And that, like, I liked seeing Masha just get to play like valiant babyface against some stuff like that, and it being like a super clear and straightforward dynamic. I thought that the way they did the ref stuff was fun was was fun enough and led to some like actual drama there as. You know, again, I'm you know I'm not I'm not spo- I'm not spoiled on the show, even though it was a few weeks old. So like, I still hadn't known who would who had won the match. So as they're going back and forth with the ref stuff, I'm actually kind of like really not sure who's gonna win. And at some point, I'm like, oh yeah, like Masha is definitely gonna win this match. And then when she doesn't and Robbie pulls out the victory, I'm like, I got like an actual reaction out of me, like, oh okay. Like I was actively kind of like invested in the fact that she won. So. I had a lot of fun with this match. I thought that they executed the concept very, very well. And Masha is great at a, as a Valiant babyface. And Masha just always jumps off the page. And I thought Robbie held up her end as just like the cheating heel very well. And I had, fun, I had fun with this. It's probably like my favorite West Coast Pro women's match. Mm, I don't know, I don't know what, what sort of like uh what I could put on, What you know, what concept of I could put on that. But like I really, I really enjoy that. It's one of the better West Coast pro women's matches to me.
0: Yeah, and 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 again, I mean, this is as good as place as any to talk about kind of the stuff that I wanted to mention on the the women's matches for the next show. Um, that I could see where what, what you're saying there, and I would say it's probably the best. And this is you know a way to put a a, a button on it or whatever. The best West Coast uh, pro women's match I can think of that involves not like any imports, right? Like. Masha is you know native she's not necessarily a West Coast but she's a West Coast regular she was West Coast women's champion in the past um Johnny Robbie is kind of you know a West Coast original in some ways you don't really see her getting a lot of other bookings um and it was a really solid match um then I compare it to the the women's matches on the next show that to me on paper look so much better than than the two matches that we get on this show even if I did enjoy this and I was I was definitely a little bit like ah God because in the beginning they're really playing up you know, Johnny Robbie's heel stuff and all that. And I'm like, Oh God, is this what it's going to be like? Cause she's wrestling Mio Momono <laughs> on the next show. And I talked about, it. I bought tickets when they announced the only thing announced was Mio Momono. And I'm just like, this is not what I want to see. I don't want to see Mio wrestling someone like this. Who's just doing cheap bullshit heat. Right. Um, But then, again, as the match goes on, and she continues to really lay it on, and she's not just doing bullshit, she's actually doing some hard-hitting heel stuff, she's being really domineering on top, I'm like, okay, this is perfect, this is what I want to see. Because this is the kind of worker that Mio can do something great with, someone who's really rough on top, someone who kicks the shit out of her so that her fiery underdog, you know, selling, and then uh, coming comebacks, face and peril work, and then the fiery baby face comebacks will look great against, so... Very excited for that on paper, like I said. Um, And I am, again, unapologetically said, oh, love the Suavecitas, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that they're involved in this after the match that had Angle, then they're involved in a big break-apart smash. It's it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's too much. And I get it because they are good, but three Angles and two of them being back-to-back that involve them really, really felt like overkill. Like, that was the point where I'm just kind of like, okay, like this is a bit much, right? Um, so yeah, it was just, uh, it was too much there, but Parker, I don't know. I interrupted you a little, you were chiming in. I don't know if you have anything else you want to add to kind of add to what I was saying there.
1: Oh no, oh no, you're good. I definitely understood the concerns of being like, you know, you bring me a, me a moment back over and it's like, I really, really hope you don't sit there and like ruin a, a meal moment. i mess for me. So like, I, right. I, 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 I get, I get, I get that for sure. Um, but no, I, I thought this was fine. I thought there's like kind of an encouraging sign to me that the match should that the match and the way it plays out should be uh, should should be all right. Uh, otherwise, no I guess we can uh, move on. to Starboy Charlie. Yeah, Starboy Charlie versus Star versus Chris Bay, and I'm gonna li- I'm not gonna lie to you. I have zero to say about this match. Fair, like, I, yeah, that's fine. I, that's fine.
0: Uh, yeah. I don't have I, a single uh, thing
1: to say about this.
0: It's, I mean. Completely acceptable, I guess, you know, but in the sense that, like you're saying, nothing to say about it actually ends up being like kind of in some ways negative, bad. Um, I was really hoping for something from Bay here to turn it up just with his history, being a West Coast guy, being a NorCal guy, you know, having worked West Coast Pro in the early days of West Coast Pro. I was looking it up and I was like, I swear, was he like West Coast Pro champion at one point? Right. I could have sworn, but he was not. Um. It was actually funny because looking that up, I was like, Hammerstone was the first champion. That's very funny. Um, but I knew that Chris Bay had a history here. He has a history in this scene. And I'm like, okay, I'm expecting, again, like I said, turn it up. Give us something special. You got the new champion crowning him here. Give us a good match. And again, it was it was solid, but it was about at the level of the kind of thing that I would see Starboy Charlie doing on Santino Brothers shows when he was a student. It's really just, and this is why I talked about Zoe feeling like he just outshines this guy like i've i've been uh, again seen starboy charlie since he was just a fucking student been watching him for a long time i know that there's something there but he's just really just not he's not really grown over the past few years he came back from the injury it seems like they kind of just went through the motions of the story that they were telling and they didn't really stop and think like is is it even is it even right anymore and sometimes you got to adjust. It seems like the plan, they always had the plan that Starboy Charlie was going to beat Titus for the title, but he went out with the injury and he comes back and it's just, he doesn't seem like he was the right guy to win. And he's not the, really the right guy to be the champion right now. So again, like you said, there's not much to say about this match because it was perfectly acceptable. Chris Bay was a guy that I, I honestly, the first few times that I saw him, I really liked. I loved the tag team with him and Ace Austin, but here in a big singles match, you think he'd be coming back. I've toured Japan. I'm on TV. I'm a big star coming back home. He'd turn it up and deliver something special, and you really got nothing, man. Just nothing special. Nothing Nothing special. Absolutely worth skipping. Just not worth it. And and it devalues the title even more to say the title's not in the main event, and it's in this kind of match. And it's like, I don't know. When really, you really look at this, third, fourth best match on the show, if that, I mean, that is not good. That is not good for your champion to be feeling like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if you have any any thoughts on, you know, any of that.
1: No, I think you uh, captured that very succinctly.
0: Yeah, but we will move on to the main event. Quentin, I'll let you speak on this one to open us up. We've got a match that we've all been waiting for. Um I don't know. I don't know if I consider it Hero's best rivalry. He's got so many great rivalries. I don't know if I consider it Thatcher's best rivalry. He's got so many great rivalries, but maybe best opponents? Maybe best matches against each other? You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, w- what were your thoughts? Hero versus Thatcher. Finally, the return of the Hero.
1: So, like, it's really interesting to, like, get a Chris Hero and Thatcher match where, like, the dynamic gets flipped, because we know for you know what Chris Hero was for like the majority of like the latter half of the 2010s is this you know the Chris Hero like bully formula and that you can plug so many people in it and this and that and it kind of be like it was impossible to not have a good match with Chris Hero at some point and uh, Thatcher being a baby being a baby face for like the majority of the times in which like well for like all the times he faced Hero it like always was something different because, especially early on, like the point of those matches is to establish Thatcher to establish Thatcher as like a rising presence, rising force within uh within within wrestling. And for the first time, the dynamic was flipped, and it works because Chris Harris is a really good babyface, and Thatcher is maybe better as a heel. You know, so like everything about this kind of like still works on a fundamental level I think the thing for me is like obviously like a stature and hero like they're doing the thing like the little small things uh, really really well and like there's a great sense of escalation and pace to everything they do so mm-hmm. the opening mat the opening mat work how real it is the pace uh, stuff like stuff like that big be, things being deliberate things playing into like the finishing moments of the match and everything like that as it goes on like all that's really good, all like the little set pieces they make Thatcher uh, Hero's leg, hero's leg work on Thatcher when he gets when he grab when he grabs his leg and does stuff like his sentinel on the leg and shit like that, like looks like actually like it hurts. It lo- actually looks like it hurts, like it's brutal. And like that's something that their matches have a ton of, frankly, where like I think of like their progress match, when uh I believe Hero kicked that kick Thatcher in the leg. And like it looked like he fucking kicked that. She was like, leg out of place, you know? So like there's stuff like that where like they have like a unique knack for uh, finding ways to make those little, little moments that don't seem like, like seem like, seem like much feel brutal. And they do a lot of great pace there and you're so watching this match and it's like you're excited to see Chris Hero and at some point you're like, damn, I haven't seen Chris Hero throw a strike yet. Which that's what a lot of people are there to, See when it comes to Chris Hero, see the big boots, a chop, the rolling elbow, whatever that they're here to see those things. And you get through a lot of the, a, lot, a lot of this match without even, without having gotten a single strike thrown from Hero. And I feel like that's another testament to how smart both of these guys are. Why they're both all time great wrestlers is that they knew that once Chris Hero started throwing strikes, then just that alone. Changes the complexion of the match. Just that alone changes the pace. Just that alone is that like now when people kind of like starting to pay attention more and get excited as stuff is as stuff is progressing. So these two are great. They've never been bad together. These are two of the best wrestlers ever. These two are incredible together, and they did it again. Is it their best match? No, I don't think it's I don't think it's their best match or anything like that. I'm not sure. I don't think I don't think it's even close, but to get to see Chris hero wrestle again after so long and for it to be Timothy Thatcher and for it to be as good as it was, as if no one missed a day, as if Chris hero hasn't been gone for so long as if this isn't the, this isn't the first time wrestling each other in like four or five years for it to still be that. It just is. It's amazing. And like, that's why we have to review it. That's why we sat there and talked about this West coast pro show because it's hero versus thatcher and somehow it's like his it's like hero and thatcher never left obviously thatcher's been wrestling but it's like it's it's almost as if this matchup never left our minds and our hearts because here it is once again still being amazing
0: yeah that's a that's a perfect way to put it um there was definitely something very interesting about hero and the reset of hero and the way they wrestled um because this did not feel as you talked about how long was it before we saw any big strikes and we really didn't get we ended up not really getting a ton we got a lot of good strikes in the towards the closing stretch but you know not the you know the not a lot of the big knockout you know big false finish tease stuff that we're used to from hero uh, or were used to from hero it's been so long you can almost say that we're not used to anything from him um you know and I guess you could say it's kind of, you know, towards the very end when he was doing the wrestling genius thing, it's kind of similar to that. To me, it really felt a lot like a callback to earlier Hero. And my my initial instinct with the opening the opening kind of salvos and the way that he was wrestling, the first thing I thought was early, you know, obviously not the earliest Chris Hero because I'm not talking about IWA or CZW or anything like that, but early kind of on the map super indie worker Chris Hero. Um and the way that he would wrestle Danielson is kind of what I saw. The way that he's trying to he's really trying to do the mat work, he's trying to out grapple him. He's really focusing on that side of things. He's being very very deferent and very respectful to who he's in there with. He's not taking any risks. He's not you know, he's not going ob- ob- overboard, again, not risking anything, no big strikes, nothing like that, leaving himself open because he, he knows who he's going up against. Um, and like you talked about, the big bully, the big bruiser, that was not really his style. He was a lot more confident. He felt a lot less confident opening up the match. But then I kind of saw, as you talked about, when he, when he catches the kick and he kicks out the leg, before that, Thatcher throws a big boot to the face and the smirk and the way that he reacts, it kind of reminded me of the attitude and the cockiness, not cockiness, but the attitude and the, the kind of like, uh, uh, contempt that he had in kind of the feud with Kingston. So it's like, if to me, it felt like he was treating Thatcher, like somewhere in between the two, between Kingston and Danielson, a guy that he respects, for how incredibly talented he is as a wrestler. In fact, one of probably one of the few wrestlers that he thinks of is actually being a better wrestler than him, which, you know, that's a big part of the hero character is that he's so confident that he does. He's the king of fucking wrestling. He doesn't think that anyone's better than him, but there are a few guys. And now Thatcher's one of them where he's going to treat him as someone that he needs to respect, but also someone that he has just an absolute fucking disdain for someone that he does not. He doesn't just, You know, want to one up him in a wrestling match, but he absolutely dislikes and has this heated need to put this motherfucker down because he's just, he's sick and tired of his bullshit. And that kind of plays off of the angle that sets up the match and Thatcher being an asshole and also their history with each other. That hero has repeatedly had this motherfucker (laughs) beat him and he's just sick and tired of it. And to the finish and to the story that Joseph kind of pushed out, and the comment and, and to what you said earlier about the commentary missing the fucking point is uh the commentary is like, oh, Thatcher made him tap, right? Which he did. And he grabs the Fujiwara armbar, and it's not as good as all the times that Tim has countered into the Fujiwara arm bar. He's just not as smooth at it, but he grabs it out of a pin, you know, kick out into the Fujiwara. Um, but it's clunky, it's not as smooth. But the real story is he didn't knock him out. He still can't knock out Thatcher after everything. He still can't knock this motherfucker out. He just can't do it. He might have gotten the submission, but the like I said, the commentary missed it. Joseph obviously put it over, and these two. Well, that was part of the, clearly that was part of the story of the match. But yeah, I just think you've got he's got this rivalry with this guy that he's it's built around this one weird thing, which is that he absolutely knows that this guy is a better wrestler than him on the mat. Um, and he also knows that he doesn't have any way of actually putting him down like he's used to. He just can't knock him out. He just can't do it. There's something about Thatcher that's like, he's just impervious to to Chris Hero, the knockout artist side of Chris Hero. And it's, it's very interesting that they still didn't give you that part. They still didn't give you that piece of the story, you know? And I just, I really, really appreciated that. That like, even though this feels like it could have been a one-off and whatever, like they're still... Dangling that carrot that there's still more to this story left, which is, which is very interesting. Um, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on this or the post match stuff with with the hero putting the boots down and all that.
1: Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I like I had a feeling I'm like, yeah, hero. If if hero was retiring, he would just retire, and it would be like actual big thing and shit like that and everything. So I was like, oh yeah, what it when it didn't seem like there was gonna be more, I'm like, yeah, hey, this is just some like. Bait like bait bullshit. He's just trolling. So I'm I'm glad. So I'm glad to see Hero is back. For like you know how like if the, if if that is just for West Coast Pro stuff, if maybe we can get him to maybe like appear on like a New Japan Strong, you know, maybe get you know maybe get some stuff like like that. Maybe versus like a Zach or Eddie or some or, or something that I like. I would I would love to see it. But even if it's just in the West Coast Pro capacity, like I'm glad to just see Chris Hero, even if it's only going to be like for like a few times.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I, uh, I, I you know, we'll see. I, again, I don't think he's retiring. I don't know. I still kind of think that this is like warm up stuff for him to see if he's going to feel comfortable going back to the ring in AEW. Um, just with the way that Tony Khan has talked about wanting him to do that. So, so we'll see. Um, but yeah,
1: moving oh, um, on. So, 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 so oh. my thought was about, uh want to mention like the, I feel like because, Obviously, the evolve stuff got bought up by WWE, and then like the dissolution of the WWE network, uh, at least in, at least in America, and everything being on Peacock now. And the fact that a lot of stuff is no longer is not on Peacock, and it's just kind of sitting in the WWE archive. And a lot of that stuff didn't make it to YouTube. Like, there's not like illegally ripped onto YouTube or anything like that. Like, if you want to watch evolve, like you gotta find it through other means, and. I feel like evolve and like what it did and like a lot of the quality of the wrestling, especially for those like you know for that for those peak for those peak years, is almost gonna get forgotten. And it's kind of scary because it wasn't that long ago. It feels like right, but like I'm thinking, and it's like wow, like Zach in 28, like Zach in 2018 when he's wrestling like fucking um. I'm trying, I'm trying to think who's like zach faces like 2018 but like so like stuff that like that like that that 2017 2018 era of, of evolver like it was still good but you can still see the things turn like going a different way like it's only five years ago four years ago it's not that long ago but it feels like so long ago already and it's like because you know, Gabe point was doing NXT stuff for for a while, so like Gabe disappeared, and uh, all those guys were gone. And normally, talked about Evolve. There was no place to watch it. People weren't up. Like, like, I I'm in a place where like like we know what Evolve was and what Evolve meant to indie wrestling, and what like the Gabe stamp meant to indie wrestling, and just like what Evolve in the 2010s and the mid 2010s and all that stuff was like, and what greatness it gave us, but. I'm getting a feeling that evolve is going to be like largely largely forgotten as time goes on. And that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely true. And it's not,
0: it's maybe not something that's like completely crossed my mind, but it's definitely uh, like something that I, I, I know that I felt it in my gut exactly as you're saying here that like. It just clearly is what's going on. People are not talking about it. A big part of it, again, is because there's no way to access it. Like, you just can't, you can't just watch it anywhere, right? And like you said, like, is it going to show up on the WWE Network or something? Probably not at this point. I don't think Peacock is really too worried about showing you, you know, Evolve. or. and, And the weird thing is, like, you've got the, because of the lineage to dragon gate like you even have people who talk more about dragon gate usa than than anyone who talks about evolve and it it sucks because you know it turns into the story is like oh evolve wwn they never drew anything and it was worthless and no one cared about it and that's the way people talk about it and then they play it into the you know oh you know it's just a couple like a handful of of jack offs on twitter that talk about liking grappling and liking shoot style and that's the only people who ever cared about this stuff but it's just not true it's just unequivocally not true. Evolve was drawing houses in new new areas with, you know, Thatcher, Hero, Saber, Gulak as the top acts, you know, catch point, whatever. Um, you know, they they showed up where you're at, they were wrest- they were show- had shows out here on the West Coast, this and that. Like they did all right. They weren't, you know, it wasn't huge, but it still was like fine. And it was It was definitely the tastemaker's choice. It was the thing that everyone was... Like, anyone who had fucking decent taste in wrestling was watching and talking about, and companies were booking their indie shows based around what was going on in Evolve, and you could say what you want about Gabe and this and that, but it's the truth. But again, yeah, because it doesn't have champions talking it up, because it doesn't have big voices who bring up the lineage of Evolve and all this, and and because it does get dismissed as being grapple fuck that only a couple sickos care about... Um, no one really, like, gives it the, the, the lineage or the, the history that it deserves. Um, and yeah, it was only a couple years ago, but a big part of it is because, like, people can't just easily watch it, and people are fucking lazy, and they don't really watch stuff that they have to go out of their way to hunt for anymore, it's not like it used to be. Um, it used to be a lot more of that, and I I can't blame people because there's so much to watch that it's tough to want to go out of your way to watch old stuff, especially if you can't just pull it up on some streaming service, you know? Um, and you can't, uh, you can't just do a, uh, you know, you can't just, uh, like do some podcasts talking about each, each show, uh, which I think also helps. Maybe, we, maybe we got to do that. Maybe we got to do, maybe we got to bring back everything evolves, um, but do it <laughs> reviewing the shows from the beginning or what was, uh, I guess that was, we don't know evolve, right? That was Sam's
1: podcast. Yeah, Sam was doing that.
0: Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, and then that stopped, right? You know, for whatever reason, I'm not, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not involved in what was going on in the background there. But, you know, that podcast stopped. And uh, yeah, you know, like people just don't talk about this stuff. And it's one thing when it's like Lucha Forever or OTT or whatever, you know, people aren't talking about that progress. I mean, people still talk about progress, probably with more irreverence than they do about uh, about Evolve at this point. But uh, but yeah, like people don't, you know, it's one thing people aren't talking about that stuff. but. Evolve actually was there was something there, you know, and it was like actually some decent a lot of decent wrestling there. I mean shit, like the, I mean, you know, as much as you don't want to talk about the guy because just because of how he ended up being, like like uh Parm, you know, or Parv from fucking uh you know Pro Wrestling only, he got into indie wrestling because of what they were doing in Evolve, right? He gave five stars to an Evolve tag team match, like he was like very anti all the new stuff and anything like that. And that stuff was able to like break through that barrier. You know, obviously, like I said, not a, not a good guy, but whatever. But it does speak to the fact of how, what the quality of that wrestling was that it could get someone who was like against, you know, the entire concept of what was going on there and like get them to be into it because of the quality of what was happening in the matches. So either way, I definitely agree with you. I think it's a, it's, It sucks that no one's gonna talk about it but we'll see i mean i don't know again i guess there's no real way for it to come back like no one's gonna wwe just owns that shit right it's not gonna end up on like
1: some other streaming service ever it's just not possible right yeah i mean like and obviously like uh like evolve isn't championed enough for like a cult uh or, or like a cult favorite enough at this point in time for there to be like a mass outcry like uh, like please upload evolve please upload evolve please upload evolve like it's not a priority not a, like not a priority at all anymore especially as they like they shifted uh, like they shifted their priority when it came to like what gets uploaded as far as like WWE content goes so yeah like I think I think a lot of, again if you're like, unless you're a sicko unless you're someone that's like listening to a podcast like this then you would never know evolve existed. Like you would just never know it existed. And I feel like for the first time that really hit me, like, wow, this like really important place is like no longer exists and just might get forgotten. And as much as like wrestling has changed in the last like four years since like I'm giving four since like speaking out and like things changing in that way. The really if I want to go like for further than that, like the last five or six years, like five, six, seven years. Since like the since like the cruiserweight classic was a thing, and uh, you know swallowing the European Indies, swallowing up evolve, and a lot of the stuff going on uh, going on there, obviously AEW having a part in that, and then like just evolve no longer existing. It's like wow, like despite everything that's changed, this is m- the first time I think like an actual important place that had longevity and history and like influence in my lifetime. And like my time paying attention to wrestling just no longer exists and like will probably get forgotten. This is something like, this is a new thing for me that like an actual important place that I paid attention to and was like aware enough about wrestling to pay attention to is just gone. It's just like gone and people are gonna forget it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it is weird to watch that happen, right? but uh but yeah i uh, i guess it happens i mean time just moves on man um i guess <laughs> speaking of speaking of time moving on no um it's funny cuz i was going to maybe talk about like the the card for the west coast show that i'm going to here in a week but it doesn't really matter um the tag match the main event whatever kenta and hero versus uh blackwood and titus will be interesting um Titus freshly back from Japan. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have anything else you want to talk about with the evolve thing that you were talking about there?
1: Oh, no, you can no, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: I am I'm interested to see what Titus looks like coming back from Japan. Um, we'll see how Kenta looks in a tagging with hero. It's, it's very weird because on paper, I'm like, I would have switched this up to where you've got Kenta and hero on a team with a younger guy who can bump and, and do a lot more for them. Cause they're older. Um, you know what I mean? But they did the opposite of that and had the two old guys who don't want to do as much on the same team. Um, but uh yeah, that's the only the only match. Maybe I'll ask you your thoughts, especially because it plays into Hero's post-match angle here on on that show. Um what do you think about that tag team match on paper there?
1: I mean I, I, like, I think like thing like they're, like this like, all like, like personality-wise of like I think Titus Alexander can like bring like the snot, like the kind of like snobby rude dismissive asshole side to like make it work and make it fun hopefully he can bring, it, bring it out a blackwood and then with like chris like hero and kenta kind of like just being in the position like kick their asses and teach them a lesson like it could be fun i think it ultimately just relies on like dude can titus can titus and blackwood like bring it personality and edgewise in order to like, kinda, like make it as engaging as it could be
0: Yeah, I'm really hoping Titus can 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 give me something here because, yeah, again, I'm a fan of his. I think that over the past couple months, I've actually thought that he's really become one of the better wrestlers on the Indies. Um, And as I said, just getting back from this tour of Japan, the spending this time in Japan might actually make a difference for him in a way where you might see something different out of him, even though I've already thought he's been improving quite a bit. Um, It's funny because obviously it was a major dunk to talk about righteous righteous Reg comparing him to AJ Styles you know, way before he deserved just because he does a big drop kick or whatever, but he's actually getting to the point where I could almost see comparisons not AJ, but almost see comparisons t- for him, for wrestlers of that quality, at least, um, you know, we're almost getting there, but, but that was maybe jumping the gun a couple of years or, you know, at least a year ago when that was said, um, by other people. Um, I guess, like I said, before we recorded, before I'm mean, of when we started, we we'll get through the show and then talk about all the goings on in wrestling. Um, Around the world, obviously there's big fucking news. But before we talk about the big news, I think we should hit a little bit on we you know, we made the the the, the deal that we wouldn't review every AEW pay-per-view, but did you happen to check out anything off of Full Gear?
1: No, I have not yet. I have not okay.
0: yet. Okay. I would ha- love to have talked to you about the Texas death match. Um, you yeah.
1: don't yeah, yeah, mean to watch it. No, the reviews and praise it's getting haven't gotten around to it yet. I absolutely, absolutely plan on watching it, but yeah, just didn't get around to that yet.
0: I highly recommend checking it out, especially because, again, in comparison to the big news, The Return of the Hero um, this week, like, Adam Page, I mean, obviously kind of became the sacrificial lamb and the whipping boy of the whole drama there, partially because he was the only one that that Phil Punk was allowed to talk about right because there was the whole idea that everyone else was on an NDA and they couldn't he couldn't say anything about them but Hangman was the only one that he could legally get away with saying whatever he wanted about him right um and then obviously there was the actual you know the match and all that but uh but you know a big part of it i think is overblown with him being the you know the the main person that punk had such an issue with because that was the only one he could get away with talking about. Um, But uh, just comparing what hangman did in this match to kind of what, uh, what punk's got going on over there, I think was, was it was an interesting dichotomy that maybe a lot of people aren't uh, thinking about, haven't mentioned, haven't, you know, hasn't crossed people's mind because they're so caught up in the moment of the, of what's going on. But I guess before we move on, our, our, I guess what, like, uh, I don't know, what news things, what's going on did you want to talk about? I feel like I'm almost, like, jumping to the, I was trying to start it out by not jumping to it. But, you know, is there anything else you kind of going on recently that you wanted to
1: talk about? Um, One quick aside, I think it's funny that, like, now Randy Orton, I guess, through, like, sheer attrition and being, and being around for so long. Is now as popular as people wanted to pretend that he was for his whole career. Right. Like, I think that part is kind of interesting. Now, that like, oh, like he's actually like, and, and, and obviously Orton's had points where he's been like super extremely over. He's always been liked, of course. But like now, just kind of, I think just kind of like sheer attrition and the fact that he's just like the last guy left, that he now actually does feel like a star or is like, you know, like actually kind of like, I I don't know. Like it's it's just funny now, I think, like how Orton um Orton kind of like finally got finally got to that point like so 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 many years later. Um but no other than that, I think it's kinda like time to talk about uh Punk returning. And like we don't gotta talk much about it because I don't think like content wise about like what he, this, you know, what, what, he, what he said in this no what what he said in his promo or whatever that there's much to talk about. But I do and this isn't going to be about to be a doom and gloom AEW thing or whatever, but it's just like a. I think that. I think that the like, as we've seen since Punk's eventual like you know leave, like leaving a couple of months ago, right? As we've seen since then, like the company has still show has still shown itself to have like plenty of issues, and I feel like you know now obviously I feel like for the most part. I feel like everyone should be at a point where, like, Punk wasn't, like, Punk's an asshole. Punk definitely did, like, did did things that were wrong. But the scapegoating that got done of him by the Bucks and Kenny and whoever else and making Punk seem like the problem is just, like, okay, like, clearly we all know now. And a lot of us thought then, like, that was bullshit. Like, you're kind of just, like, putting this all on this guy. And now it feels like those things are coming home to roost. And there's still like a bunch of problems there that have yet to be figured out. And I don't think that this like you know something like Punk going to WWE just like kills them that they're just like you know that they're about to just get murdered or whatever. They they do good enough ratings when their demos, all this stuff as to where like I think there's I think like AEW is very much safe. They already got the TV like TV deal renewed and shit like that. Like AW is very much safe. But I think for the just like long term picture of like what this company looks like moving forward, and like a lot of the rumblings of like you know what's going on with the Bucks, what's going on with like you know like this stuff is now with Punk leaving and being gone officially, and now like the Bucks and Kenny and whoever else no longer have anyone else to blame. At some point, the eyes have to start be like you know get getting like getting put towards them. If they aren't already, and now they kind of like making me wonder. At some point, are we should we expect like major shakeups there or anything like that? And just you know, also ulti- like ultimately the fact that you had Punk on your roster and that you had a Punk and Danielson and Moxley and Cesaro and Kenny and like you like you eventually brought in Will Ospreay and all this stuff and that you had these things and that like for whatever reasons, like you have this all time talented roster in like all aspects of the game. And for whatever reason, like it just completely just collapses in a lot of ways. And where exactly do you go from here? Not just on, on, not on a punk aspect because that, because that era is like officially over that ship has passed. But like, you know, addressing the fact that, okay, clearly he wasn't the problem and we need to, Stop acting like he was the problem now because we know that he wasn't. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, he. We'll see because I talked about it where it's like, even if you say, like, the problem is not necessarily punk, like, personality wise, there was that time period where I talked about even while he was gone and it was after everything that, like, it's just this cloud that hangs over everything. And I do. I do wonder now if, like, the, I talked about the cloud being lifted because he was fired and, like, oh, he's just gone, but now he's back, but he's in WWE, like, does it turn into the, it's the cloud on WWE only, or does it still kind of permeate AEW, just the idea that Punk is out there hovering over them, you know, still, like, still kind of being this negative aura like okay i guess i guess if everyone has to make a dig at this i gotta hit it too right if uh if you can give credit to roman reigns for drawing on shows that he's not you know booked on for the draw on shows that he's not booked on can you give credit to punk for you know ruining aew shows that he's not on um like you know like i don't know um but uh it does kind of feel like unfortunately it's this weird thing like with the with the raw promo and the news breaking oh punk is Punk plans to go scorched earth on AEW, right? Like, that was the the rumor that was going around, right? And the plan is tonight he's going to really say some shit. And then, obviously, there was, like, a a report or an interview or something around the same time where Tony Khan said, like, I can't talk about that legally. Legally, I can't talk about anything that has to do with Punk and all that. So it's kind of like, okay, well, was that he was kind of countering that? He's saying, okay, don't he's letting everyone know the punk's not going to say anything and they're intentionally leaking this story that punk is going to say stuff just so that everyone is now still thinking about punk anytime they think about aew they're still thinking about punk like it's this weird fucking sabotage thing like or is it going to be that he's just the dark cloud on wwe because i will tell you you said like there's not much to talk about but that promo his wwe promo and this feels like homerism And I fucking hate it because obviously people are going to think that way of me. But like, I'm sorry, my promotion of the year is DPW, right? Like when I saw someone, they posted this long tweet and they're like, we have Daniel Bryan. We have this. We have, you know, they're listing all the wrestlers in AEW. And I'm like, we, who the fuck is we? Like, I I don't have none of those motherfuckers. I have Fuminori Abe. That's who I got. Right? Like, I'm not, I'm not. And again, I'm not even rooting for any fucking promotion. None of these, you know, I don't, I love, there's wrestlers who I really like and even them, I don't necessarily got their back. There's a couple wrestlers who I feel like I actually, you know, support in real life, but that's very, very few. Um, There's like almost none that I'm going to like go to bat for because they can be pieces of shit and they can also just start being bad wrestlers. They can like go from being good to being bad, like in the blink of an eye, but, um but like does that that promo the quality of the promo that punk cuts on wwe does that because it was fucking bad and that was my whole point i don't want people to think oh i'm just saying that punk is cutting bad promos because it's wwe and i don't like wwe like it was a dog shit promo it felt fucking forced it felt fake it literally felt like he was just rehashing a lot of the same stuff that he was saying when he showed up in aew but now like It just feels absolutely completely like unauthentic Um, until the very end when he said, I'm just here to make money. That was the most authentic thing he said in the whole fucking promo. Um, Like, I just like, does that cause again, a dark cloud, a shadow to hang over the company where it's like, we've got punk, but he, the most real, I guess, let's say the second most real guy in all of wrestling. Shout out to King. Um, eddie kingston the most authentic man in all of wrestling the like the second most authentic man in, in all of wrestling like the fact that he's in your company and even he feels fake does that not like start to really fucking like just create an even more cognitive dissonance where you look at wwe and you go what is this this is not a wrestling program this is you know a show about a wrestling show it's like the muppet show but about wrestling right like like is that what happens because that's what it feels like to me so hopefully that's Hopefully for AEW, that's what we get. And I can continue to, like, enjoy AEW somewhat. But, I mean, the ban the you know, the we're not reviewing every AEW pay-per-view stipulation stance, even though they've had a couple really good ones in a row, you know? Like, I'm not lifting that. I'm not, again, I'm not a AEW fucking elitist. I'm not going to fucking support AEW blindly like it's, you know, something other than just a wrestling promotion that I like to watch sometimes. But uh, for their sake, I do hope that, like, The punk cloud is just lifted now and and people just focus on that. He's bad in WWE because I mean, that's what it seems like, right? I don't know. Uh, That was a lot of word. That was a lot of jumbles there. Do you have any rebuttal to anything I had to say there?
1: My bad. I was muted. Like I I do agree that there is a such thing as the punk cloud. Like that thing that still exists because he's going to be visible on another wrestling company's TV, and obviously not just any other wrestling company, like the biggest wrestling company and the one in which he had the highly publicized falling out with, That like that cloud of Punk no longer being in AEW, but now he's in this place, like he left that AE, like for a all bunch of different reasons, he's no longer in AEW, and he's back in this place that he like, <laughs> hated for, like, for, like, you know, for lack of a better term like, hated it there, and he's back in WWE now, and while the cloud is the thing that, like, you know, I think it's very fair, I think I'm really just, you know, ultimately saying that, like, you know, we're we're going to get to a point where at some point other people can't keep getting blamed. And, like, how will they respond to that? What changes will get made in, uh, you know, as that as that goes on? Because you know, like, you obviously want to know, well, like, what do the EVPs actually do? Like, how much are they involved in creative? How much, like, are they just involved in their own stuff? How much are they involved in like the creative process of like booking the shows and things like that? And like, ultimately, like, to- while while Tony is like mostly the- is mostly the guy that writes everything, like, there is- I think there is gonna be a part where if some things aren't changed and figured out or done better, like mainly like this MJF thing. If you don't get a reveal soon, if you don't kind of like push the button on ending this soon, when he's when he's already had the belt for a year, like at some point it's like, all right, man, like we can't keep giving you a pass or acting or, or you know keep like using the punk excuse. Like the punk thing was already an excuse, and now you just don't have that anymore. So, I think ultimately, I'm just kind of like one like the like the world championship picture. Is a real, real problem. And, you know, I would have liked to have seen Jay White win the belt. Ultimately, I'm like, either hey, Hangman or Swerve should be winning this belt immediately. Like, something should be happening with this title immediately. So put the belt on Samoa. Just like something. Like, something needs to give with that very, 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 very soon instead of trying to stretch out this MJF Adam Cole story. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. Understand the popularity. It's probably best to just to just abort on that right now and figure out the rest of everything else. Figure out the tag title stuff and just kind of like give yourselves a reset because right now, like, there's going to be the random great match because you have a bunch of great wrestlers. You can get like something like Claudio and Orange Cassidy and just, you know, just, like, just because they want to book it. You can get, like, just great matches because there's great wrestlers on the roster. You can book interesting stuff because you have an interesting roster. But when your main title and your main titles in general are just all being booked very poorly, when all the belts are being booked poorly for the most part, it's it hurts a lot. And at some point, like, you're, like, you're, like, and it's already happening. There are some people that have already been doing this. Like, you're going to start getting the actual blame, and you can't keep hiding behind, like, oh like all this other stuff so i want the company to get better and i want it to be good i want to i want to enjoy it and i have no problem just parachuting in for the matches that i enjoy or whatever but yeah i hope that they figure that out uh going back to punk there's not really much i expect to see here right like I think this. I'm not sure how often he's gonna be on TV. If there's gonna be like he's gonna be wrestling like week to week or doing whatever, making tapings. If he's gonna be on like Raw and SmackDown, if he's gonna be like just on like just on one. Obviously, they're already setting up the Seth Rollins thing. Uh, it, be, it being November, I'm guessing. I mean, like, what it surprise you if they do like Rollins and Punk at Royal at the Royal Rumble? Would you think that's a WrestleMania program? Like, I don't know, but like. I would have to think that, like may, like at some point you want to get the punk of Roman, right? Like that's what I would think. but like you uh, know, obviously, I'd...
0: no, I mean, I right? I' get your thought, and I agree with you that it would make sense, but I don't think that that's the plan. I think the closest thing we get to like a Roman punk, anything is just going to be a little bit of teasing dissension between Haman. And Roman because Roman thinks that Heyman is talking to Punk behind his back. I mean, I I really I don't that think that that's the plan. I do not think that see, they're going. I yeah, go ahead.
1: I can, I can I can see that too. We're at least we're at least going to get Rollins and Punk. Um, and then there's a lot of other stuff like you know I'd like to see like you know do we get like Punk? I think Punk and Owens is like a really like really good and really viable option here too. Yeah. So you know so I'd love to see you know you kind of like do like a Punk and a Punk and Owens. Uh, Obviously Cody's there, so if you wanted to do like even like, Punk and Cody is like interesting. So I think like I don't like even if you like don't do Roman, which like obviously is the biggest match you could do there, I think that like Punk has like some interesting stuff. And you know, I'm hoping he's good because he was good. He's been good.
0: Right. It's not it's
1: not like you know, like Punk for the most part since he's come back has been a very good wrestler. So I wonder how much like will change, if anything has to change. But while there's matches I'm not, like, excited about, and I kind of just want to see how they book him at first and see what he's going to do and what the schedule is like, uh, I'm just I'm just, just kind of curious to see how they like, kind of, like, playing this stuff out with him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty pessimistic about what the idea is going to be for booking um, Punk in general. But I am optimistic. Like, one thing that crossed my mind I'm pretty optimistic about is, like, I think we're going to see less injuries for Punk in WWE because he's not going to be pushing himself to wrestle as hard. You know what I mean? Like the standard quality for wrestling in WWE is not the same as AEW. So I don't think we're going to see him pushing himself and getting hurt as much. Um, Like, you know, when you've got the Miz versus Gunther, I think if Punk can wrestle at the level of the Miz, then he's just perfectly fine, right? In WWE, like, and that's not even to say like the quality of the matches, right? Because work and you know and actual wrestling are two different things right the athleticism versus like the work and and as you talked about as long as he can keep the stories and the and the you know the work of the match as good as it was then he can tone down trying to push himself so hard and, and breaking every bone in his body every time he's out in the ring um so, so you know i mean there's there is that um and there is interesting matches and things to do there the cody match is definitely something that's worthwhile and the cody promos is going to be worthwhile to see um I just I just the thing that I worry about is like you're talking about like getting to Roman and I just don't even I don't see it cuz for for Punk to get to Roman and I made a couple joke tweets about this but like I really do believe this for Punk to get to Roman he's got to get past like an LA Knight. And like I understand that that sounds fucking crazy on paper but like for what the WWE what the modern 2022 WWE audi- audience wants like LA Knight is going to wash Punk in a promo battle. I I hate to say that because it sounds like sacrilegious because I love Punk and I think he's one of the best talkers of all time. But like this crowd, these fans, WWE fans, they want what LA Knight is selling. They don't really want what Punk is selling. So that's the kind of thing where I'm just like, you know, I just don't see... I can't see (laughs) Punk doing poo-poo pee-pee joke. You know what I mean? That's just not his style. But that's what's going to make the crowd, you know, pop and you know, just hit his... I mean... (laughs) In the history of Punk, like, the closest thing he's had to a catch slogan is what? Like, uh, I'm straight edge and that means I'm better than you. And he's said that in probably, like, you know, 10% of his promos, if we're being perfectly honest. It's not, like, a catchphrase that he hits all the time. And he's definitely has not regularly hit it for, like, the past 20 years. Even sans, you know, missing 10 years of wrestling. Like, the guy is just not a, he's not a catchphrase wrestler, right? He says, oh, you know, he calls himself the best in the world. I guess you could say that's his a catchphrase for him. Like, that's about it, right? Like. But otherwise, like his promos do not fit what the D- 2023 WWE crowd wants. Wants. So I could enjoy it, and as I talked about, him and and Cody would be good. But the second he goes out there and he's going up against someone who's not, you know, about the business and someone who's more about themselves, which is going to be again Roman, LA Knight, the kind of guys who are really just trying to get themselves over and not really worrying as much about like just doing something like even like a Cena, who's always been really cutthroat at that kind of thing. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know how punk does. Like I, I want to hope for the best. And I think that there's, is some interesting stuff for him to do. I think Seth is a perfect guy because Seth is such a company man. Like because Seth is going to work to make sure that they have a really good program. And I think that that is going to be really good. But you know, when you start getting to the top of the card, I just don't know. And I don't know that triple H really wants to push punk as a top guy if we're being perfectly honest, right? Like, I don't think that Triple H believes in Punk as a top guy. He never has, and I don't know that he does now. Even if he is one of the best draws and all this and that in the history of wrestling. And the biggest positive we got here is, like, at the end of this, Punk will have done enough business metrics to where it's going to be hard for the, the final holdouts to argue that he's not a Hall of Famer when it comes to the, you know, the Observer Hall of Fame. So, at least at the end of this, like, he'll get voted into the Hall of Fame, which he definitely deserves. But otherwise, I just I I think that there'll be some interesting stuff. I probably won't end up watching a ton of it, but I'm not like completely like, oh, it's going to be terrible. But uh, but at the same time, like, I, I just don't really have super high hopes, if I'm being perfectly honest. But that's also because it's WWE. I mean, I don't think that there's really any wrestler that could show up there that I'm going to have high hopes for what their run is going to be like.
1: Oh, no, no. Like, like from my reaction to seeing Punk when he came in AEW and I get like, you know, it's a time difference because it's not like Punk was gone by the time he came back to WWE now, but it's like from seeing Punk in AEW and like that moment to seeing Punk in WWE is a totally different reaction for me because like ultimately it's because of where he is. Like, like, it came through on my ticker and uh, like from from, my sports notifications and then I see tweets as Punk, 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 Punk is back in Survivor Series and like I just, like, looked at it. Like, I didn't really care that much. I just looked at it. And, pe- and lot people would probably, like, try to talk that up to the fact that it's not like Punk has been gone or whatever. But it's, like, I'm also just not excited to see Punk there. So I'm saying things as, 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 like, as if kind of, like, mapping out what I expect, what I would think or expect for, like, him to be doing in WWE. But ultimately, it's, like, I'm I'm really an ultimate wait and see because I want to enjoy Punk and I want to think that maybe he could, like, bring some life, bring some energy there, but I'm not optimistic because ultimately it's still WWE. So, you know, it's impossible to not talk about it. And I think that the more interesting thing for me personally, is just like now that punk like punk's gone. Now there's no more. If punk will be back, there's no more of that. There's no, there's that's all done. Are you guys going to sit there and fix this shit now? Like whatever, all the problems are there, saying that like everything is like all doom and gloom but now that we know that he's just gone like you guys have to fix whatever that like all the bad shit you got to fix that now
0: yeah yeah and I mean you know there's the, the continental classic that you know obviously put your money where your mouth is aside you know like feels like maybe a reset Um you've got the Christian and Adam Copeland thing which I don't know how how this is possible but like it's this entire feud where everything that christian does is phenomenal and everything that that Adam Copeland does is just there it's just whatever
1: it's, it's um, so weird like, <laughs> it's
0: yeah it's just how it's so how do you have a feud with the two guys are in it against each other and like it just absolutely is like it's just so bipolar it's insane um but yeah so it does it feels like there's something there but as you talk about and i think it's the it's it really does feel like a tony Khan trying to have his cake and eat it too thing that people are just not giving him the benefit of the doubt and and i mean historically it's always been this way and i think that people i think that he thought he could get away with it but just like hogan in you know wcw like the fans the crowd you know and this is before the internet right but like the 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 fans the crowd the the, you know whatever are not going to like just accept that like well everything on the undercard is really good it's so it's fine that the main event sucks right like that the main event champion is shitty like people are just not going to accept that and they're just not going to take that as like okay well obviously you know what really matters is how much i enjoy the rest of the show um and it feels similar but it's like you know um you know we're not even we don't you know we're not our fathers we don't even look like them kind of situation where it's like fucking MJF does not draw like Hulk Hogan right so it almost doesn't make any sense to be pushing this guy in this way that damages your entire brand um just because you know supposedly he pulls numbers on tv and ratings and stuff like you know, I guess he does, you know, he draws okay. He doesn't do great. (laughs) I have to give some credit to like the, the, the guys over on the fight game media calling him Bogo Max, right? The buy one, get one ticket sales under his title reign have not been good to say he's drawing numbers to the, to the fucking shows. Like he's, he's not. So I don't know why you're trying to have your cake and eat it too, where the rest of the show is good. I mean, swerve and hangman, swerve, swerve, swerve. I just, whose house? Swerve's house. That's the fucking answer. It's obviously the answer. The Joe thing is the Joe thing. But, like, you know, just because that's the next big match that's on the docket, fuck it. Yeah, like you said, pull the trigger. But, really, it needs to be Swerve. Hangman, obviously right there. But even beyond that, like, this is the thing that crossed my mind. Adam Page, or not Adam Page, Adam Cole and MJF are the ROH Tag Team Champions, and they're both fucking injured. They both can't even fucking wrestle right now. ROH has on their roster a minimum top three tag team in the world in the work and the fucking roh tag team champions are both injured and it's adam cole and mjf that's a fucking travesty right they talk about like obviously swerve right but like even beyond just that main event thing, like, like it's poisoning the whole roster where you've got again without question a top three tag team in the entire world like i could say number one almost undoubtedly but I, I'll give people the debate if they want to be Dragon Gate perverts and say a tag team that's had five good matches the entire year is actually the tag team of the year. That's okay. But like you can't argue that they're not a top three tag team in the world. And they're underneath fucking two injured guys. It's, it is sickening. And it is like, you gotta just fucking do this. And I don't know what you do with Max. Because I do feel like if TK, if Tony Khan does what he needs to do here, it feels like almost a major repudiation of, of MJF to a point where it would kind of, it might actually like, again, talk about hanging a shadow. It might hold a shadow over the rest of his career in AEW, which would be unfortunate, but you know, if he's supposed to be a generational talent, maybe he'll be able to come back from it. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, again, I feel like I've been talking quite a bit. Quentin, do you have any other thoughts on anything else?
1: No. uh, I, think we're good i think we're good here um as, 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 like in the midst of us recording um not sure if you've been on twitter uh yes good news yeah uh that fuck finally died that's great <laughs> hey. yes <They're> fucking riddance
0: <laughs> for people yeah for people who don't know kissinger has finally passed away he croaked Uh, Couldn't have happened to a better guy or a more deserving guy, I guess I should say. Uh, Motherfucker. Um, But uh, as they say, only the good die young, right? That's why he lived to be 100 years old.
1: Um, Um, Yeah, yeah, like, that's the type of news that I wish we would have received earlier or before recording, so then I could have spent the podcast talking about him and a despicable, awful, like, all-time bad human being that he is and the countless murders and atrocities that he is responsible for. So that like, you know, so that would have, that's the type of episode that it would have been. This would have happened before or at the beginning of the podcast, but either way, rest in fucking piss. You should have died sooner.
0: Yeah. And we, we have been on this podcast in the past and debated about um, like, which president is the most racist or was the worst and all this and that. We've had those conversations. But kind of, the good, the the easy thing about that is to say like, well, it doesn't really matter when we like squibble between, you know, who was the worst when you go and you talk about Kissinger because he was in the, you know, he was in the administration for all of the worst presidents. So if you really want to just look at it, you can say actually he was the worst because he yep. was there for all of them.
1: Yeah. Uh, But nah, I'm... I'm good here. Fuck, I have like the Evolve Cage Match pulled up. Ooh, dude. Oh my god. Um, so by next January, right? The Zach versus Darby Allen match from Evolve will be six years old. Yeah.
0: Wow, <laughs> that doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but. Also, you know, by by January, Darby will probably be frozen to death on the top of a of a, of a mountain. So yeah. So like, by yeah, so yeah.
1: you know, so by January at the top of the year, like, Darby versus <laughs> yeah, Darby yeah, yeah, yeah Darby's will be like six, gonna be six years old.
0: That seems crazy.
1: Yeah, that's wild. Either way, um, Tim, anything you want to plug? No, no, say-
0: feel free. Close it out.
1: All right. Uh, you can follow me at QT underscore Moody. You can follow Tim at our wish Dutch you can follow his other podcast at heat death pod, heat death pod. Yes. Heat death pod. Got it. Right. Follow that heat that heat death pod. You can follow the podcast network that we are currently uh, broadcasting to you from at WDKWPN. If you're feeling that so kind, you could donate to us on coffee and I don't know. See if WWE will like sell us rights to the evolved library. Yes. Like I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, can't just stay there. You I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want Evolve to be like the new fucking um, uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling or uh, <laughs> or Mid <laughs> South or whatever. So, help us free the Evolve Library. Other than that, thank you all for listening. Hope you're here next time.
2: the day You tug my arm and say Give in to lost Give up to lost Oh, heaven knows we'll soon be dust Oh, I'm not the man you think I am I'm not the man you think I am And sorrow